0: And it is really lovely to welcome you back, Dennis Stewart, and you're generally getting back a bit more to normal.
1: I think we are, Jane, and it's very nice to be back with you in the audience.
0: And uh, what have you been doing? How have you been spending your time? That that
1: is actually a leading question, but look, it's interesting. Apart from spending more time with my companion bees, spending a bit of time at the farm...
0: I thought you were going to say your wife. (laughs) Well,
1: as well as that. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reading and studying... On the immune system, because prior to the lockdown, I was supposed to start a series of lectures on the immune system and its response to herbal medication. So I've been doing a lot of reading, some exciting reading, and uh, that uh, series of lectures now will take place uh, in August.
0: And we are going to reap the benefit of your reading. The I, immune... you the I think you might be. I think
1: you might be. And if I get a chance, I'll mention a text to those practitioners out there that regularly listen to this program that might help them appreciate the way in which natural medicine has been taken very seriously around the world to address particularly viral infections.
0: So, Dennis Stewart, you talked about the immune system. Mm. So Mm. we've all heard of it, but what is it and what does it actually do?
1: Well, I think probably the simplest way of putting it is that it's a network of organs and activities uh, within the body that act as a defence against disease and also participates uh, in helping the system fight disease. I think that's probably a very simple definition. You can get very much uh, more sophisticated in your explanation of it and go into uh, different components of it, the antibodies, T-cells, B-cells, etc., but we'd lose the audience. So essentially we would see it as a functioning system within the body that is foundational and fundamental for our maintenance of health and our overcoming of disease. And, in fact, our big problem today in the world is that we're confronted with various pathologies that, uh, that challenge the immune system very vigorously and have demonstrated a significant ability to overwhelm the immune system. So a lot of time and energy these days is being given uh, to looking at ways and means of reinforcing our immunology in order to tackle not only the mundane things that we experience every day of the week, but tackle some of the new emerging uh, diseases and conditions for which even mainstream medicine at this stage. Hasn't got the answers.
0: Yes, COVID, of course, has been yeah, on the top example. of the list yeah, at the it's moment. A, it's a good example. Yeah. But, but the, um, I mean, there's plenty of it's flu season, really, normally. But there hasn't been as much flu around, and we haven't been out and mixing as much as we. Well, that probably used has to. a lot.
1: That, well, that probably has a lot to do uh, with it, and I think both you and I would uh, would uh, agree that the way in which uh, we've handled this latest assault, if you like, on our immune system has been brilliant and uh, a lot of uh, scepticism may have been originally thrown at the uh, simple methods that were put forward for helping to resist the onslaught of this pathology, but it's proven to be very, very successful and just looking at that teaches us something about how we can, in fact, help our body resist disease by taking on board some of the simple parameters that have been given to us by our medical authorities. Uh, The the emphasis particularly on on personal hygiene, uh, the emphasis uh, on being aware of challenging uh, disease potential and steering away from it, and even simple things like guarding against uh, the personal spread of a pathology by taking a simple step, say, of wearing a mask where it's appropriate. All those are things perhaps which... Uh, we've probably known about and and, and seen in other countries uh, being enacted. But up until this, we've been fairly casual, perhaps. But some of these things have always been emphasised in medicine. But uh, the emphasis of them today uh, comes over stronger personal hygiene, recognising challenging disease situations and keeping our distance from them, and wearing appropriate uh, clothing, gear, etc., Uh, When we're in a compromising situation, I think they're things that we've learned, simple things which arguably have contributed to the way in which Australia has largely uh, done well in in dealing with this virus. But it's a virus that at the end of the day uh, challenges our system and uh, arguably overwhelms the ability of the immune system to cope with the challenge. Um, And it's interesting, Jane, that if we look at the uh, number of people that Uh, seem to have been affected um, by this virus and have lost their lives, that they've been predominantly, predominantly, I think I'm right in saying this, predominantly elderly people. And this arguably is largely because of the way in which as we get older, our immune response perhaps is not as efficient as it might have been when we were much younger. Our immune system, if you like, Uh, begins to wear out or get tired in the same way that we do. But this is where I think a lot of what we've said on this program over the years is important because I believe, I've got to believe, (laughs) I'm an old man, we believe very strongly in our profession that despite uh, this natural process of ageing and the challenge to our system, that with appropriate steps and particularly using um, herbs and supplements, that we can in fact help the body, help the immune system, Fight the good fight and resist disease and perhaps contribute uh, to a better life and perhaps a longer life. That is certainly my belief.
0: Michael has rung in. Michael is from Bonnells Bay. Now, Michael, you've been recently diagnosed with a cholesterol problem and you'd like Dennis's opinion on
1: this. Yes, please. Go for it. Hello, Michael. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm very well. How can we help you, Michael? Uh- been to see the GP, and I had blood tests and been to see the GP, mm. and he says, we think you've got a cholesterol problem. We think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not in any way at all questioning your GP. I've got too much regard for our GPs. But yeah. um, did he suggest a program, or did he suggest you go on to the common medication known as statins? Yeah, yeah he suggested that, but I've heard you, have okay. I've listened to you on the before, and you say you don't like fat, and so I wonder what, what what I could get. What was your level, Michael? Oh, I can't remember. Okay. Can't remember. My, my, my my opinion is that if the cholesterol level is what I refer to anyways, moderately elevated, an opportunity should be given uh, to allow the patient or the client to seek to reduce that level by some alterations or modifications in their lifestyle. And it is indisputable from moderately elevated levels of cholesterol, Uh, this has been from my observation uh, and in treating patients, um, that you can reduce the level to get below that 5.5 level that seems to be the the upper level of normal by doing some simple things, which I would suggest you uh, run past your GP. Most GPs are not opposed to allowing their patients to try to do lifestyle things to get it down before these statins are prescribed. And the, the simple thing could be this. Um, there are products that contain particular sorts of fiber, and that fiber has particular uh, constituents in it. Beta-glucan is a component of, of oat bran, and oat bran is renowned for its ability to be able to uh, assist in cholesterol elevation. We have an understanding as to how it works. Uh, It seems to be able to bind to cholesterol in the gut and facilitate its exit. So one of the first things that uh, I I suggested to all my clients, listeners and and patients is that you get hold of uh, one or more of the preparations that are available in our good pharmacies or health food stores that contain beta-glucan and take it in accordance with the dosage recommendations that are on the label. Sometimes uh, packages of this material will in fact contain little uh, sachets of the particular product uh, which are stipulated to be taken at a particular level over a particular time to achieve a moderate uh, reduction. Now, we know that this is credible because on the labelling of the uh, packaging of products containing this substance, there are claims, and those claims would not be allowed to be made in Australia unless those claims could be validated. And so we know that, say, oat bran, the (coughs) beta-glucan component of it, if you like, has a reputation for cholesterol reduction moderately and also um, other uh, benefits as well. It also has uh, ability to assist in blood sugar level reduction. So that's the first thing that I would be doing is going on to that and uh, telling your GP or your health manager what you're doing. The the second thing that I would suggest is that there are substances known as phytosterols, P-H-Y-T-O-S-T-E-R-O-L-S, phytosterols. Phyto means plant. Now, phytosterols are substances that occur in in many, many plants, And they've been demonstrated uh, successfully, hence their inclusion in food products, to be able to also participate in the reduction progressively of moderately elevated levels of cholesterol. And they do this, if you like, and I'll try to keep it simple, by lessening the uh, uptake of cholesterol across the bowel wall, stopping the circular process, which in, otherwise, which in other situations would lead to a sustaining of the cholesterol elevation. So two things that I normally start my clients or patients on are preparations of beta-glucan, uh, uh, preparations also of uh, products, usually in a tableted or, or um, capsule form, that contain what are called phytosterols and go under various brand names. The third thing, and, and uh, some of my patients uh, rave over this because it's so simple. Other patients uh, consider it so disgusting that they won't proceed with it. But the the herb, globe artichoke, uh, has an, a very, very significant credibility in the literature uh, for also being taken in a tea form uh, to help in this management. Uh, it's not a pleasant tea to take. It's very bitter that's what that's what that's what makes it so popular. Uh, it works in a different method. It works particularly on the liver, on the gallbladder, and uh, if one can sustain the use of that, um, one can get a good reduction uh, in one's cholesterol level. The things, the thing that I would do to kick off with is start with the fiber factor. Use, uh, say, some some oat bran, which you can talk about with with your chemist. Uh, Think also of the phytosterols and use the uh, globe artichoke uh, leaf in a tea form as an option to think about, depending on how you go with the others. Dennis, thank you very much for your time and trouble. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Bye.
0: And uh, presumably, um, most levels when cholesterol is picked up, it is usually picked up at that. Moderate, Correct. low to moderate. Correct. And level. look, it's,
1: it's a good point you've raised, Jane, because there are some situations where uh, the cholesterol uh, level is so elevated that lifestyle modification, uh, diet, etc., is unlikely to bring it down. To, to even the upper level of, of, of normal. And in those situations, the role of the statins in, in, is, in my opinion, uh, a very, very important and necessary procedure, as those drugs are in people that have sustained various cardiovascular surgeries. But, and, and I'm glad you've raised it because my uh, objection to statins has never been an objection per se, it's been an, an objection to their too quick prescribing in what I would refer to and have referred to then as moderately elevated levels, where indisputably, in my experience, uh, cholesterol can be progressively brought down by the factors that we spoke about.
0: This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Paul, your question is about tinnitus.
1: Yes, I, uh, I was just wondering whether Dennis could recommend anything as far as the ringing in the ears. Okay, Paul, look, um, it would be foolish of me to say that this is an easy condition to treat. However, there are some recommendations in in our literature, uh, that is, in the the herbal literature, that is credible, that um, gives us uh, leads as to the remedies to try. And having prescribed these remedies over very many years, um, here and there, one sees a, a significant or good enough result in this condition... Uh, to warrant the patient staying on the medication. Let me be quick to point out, however, that what I'm going to recommend uh, is a possibility. It's certainly not a guarantee, yep. but, but what I'm going to recommend, generally speaking, is very, very safe. And if you were to Google the information I'm going to recommend, you would find that what I'm saying uh, um, is written up in credible literature. The the, the, the latest, um, if you like, natural drug or, or herbal medicine that is is used is a particular preparation of the ginkgo now let me just be clear here the preparation of ginkgo biloba is a modern uh, pharmaceutical uh, sophisticated herbal product made by taking the leaf of the ginkgo tree which at this time of the year you would likely see around the place particularly if you drive to sydney it uh, grows along the uh, the footpath near Knox Grammar School. Uh, so this time of the year, if you're driving down Sydney, if you look along there, you should see some very nice um, uh, yellow-coloured uh, leaves on the tree or at the bottom of the tree. Oh, that's just by the way. But those leaves uh, picked at that stage, uh, commercially grown, by the way, in places like Japan and, uh, and commercially harvested, are then extracted. And the extract is then concentrated uh, 50 times to what um, it, 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 it uh, would be. So in the preparation of ginkgo that's used to treat tinnitus, it's pretty well useless trying to use a simple extract or tincture or capsule because that would just represent the leaf of the tincture in its dried form, in its unconcentrated form. It has a use there, but it, in my opinion, would be not useful in the management of tinnitus. It is usually the 50 to 1 concentrated extract of ginkgo biloba, that is the basis of most modern preparations of the herb that are available in our pharmacies and now in our health food stores. Pretty well all of them are using uh, similar concentrations and similar dosages. Uh, so it's, it's the one that seems to be emerging most and the one that I always think of, first of when a patient presents with this. Uh, but the thing about it is, and let me emphasize this, the thing about it is if you're going to go down the pathway of using the ginkgo, um, you've, you've got to really give it a chance to do its job. It's a slow-acting herb, as many herbs are. And if you're going to go on it, you would be on it for quite a few months in order to make an assessment. The, okay. good, the good thing about it is it's an over-the-counter preparation. Uh, it's very safe, except... If you're on uh, major blood thinning drugs, there might be a problem there, which you should discuss with the pharmacist. There's a bit of controversy about that today. Initially, it was popularly said that it it might interact with some uh, blood thinners. There's a bit of debate about that today. But generally speaking, it's very safe and, of course, has other benefits apart from just managing tinnitus. I have on this program quite frequently put it forward as being a preparation that those old codgers, such as myself, uh, should go on to because of its many benefits in in maintaining um, circulatory benefit, particularly to the peripheries, of maintaining a good memory, a recall, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But try the ginkgo in the in the uh, stipulated dosages, and be prepared be prepared to give it a good run, yep. for quite a few months. There are other herbs uh, that one can use, which are called up in the British herbal pharmacopoeia, herbs such as golden seal, uh, one of my favourites, ground ivy, and uh, the American herb, black cohosh. But look, give that preparation a go first. And it's just called ginkgo, does G- Ginkgo biloba. Uh, there may be um, uh, preparations of it under the brand name, I think the original preparation that was here in this country was called Tobonin, which was the preparation, I think, that pretty well made the reputation for it and is called up in some of the early literature on it. But I think there are Australian, well, I know there are Australian products uh, of the concentrated nature that are being used now uh, for the treating of this sort of condition. Thanks very much for your help. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Paul. And uh, we will get back to the immune system in just a moment because we do have a question about that too. But uh, while we were in the recent past talking about cholesterol, Mel rang in from Y e. to ask what you think, Dennis, about the margarine proactive being used for people with moderately high cholesterol.
1: Well, Mel, I'm not a fan of, of, of margarine. But having said that, um, if any product can convey um, uh, some of the phytosterol content, well, then I'm, I'm all for it, uh, wherever possible. Uh, it's it's wise to be able to get benefit from some of these therapeutic substances in a food form. So I would see nothing the matter with it being in that, albeit I come back to the point and say that I'm not a big fan of margarine.
0: Thank you for your call, Mill, and uh, John rang in from Madawi. Now we, we've been talking about immune system; plenty more to say about that, mm, Dennis. Mm. Uh, he says his uh, immune system is overactive. He suffers from psoriasis, yes. is on medication, and yes. is asking if there's any natural recommendations you might have.
1: Look, uh, psoriasis again. Um, John is uh, a very stubborn. And very difficult condition, and hence at times requires very potent uh, immunosuppressant medication uh, in order to at least get the condition under control and at least make it bearable. Uh, specialist uh, dermatologists see levels of uh, this disease which are very, very disturbing and warrant uh, some of the stronger medications that have an immunological suppressive effect. Um, to be prescribed Um, there are however uh, herbs in the literature that um, do well but what I recommend to patients is that they should only be considered when the psoriasis has been brought to a level uh, that is uh, amenable to the progressive and gentle and lengthy uh, benefit if you like of, of some of the herbs The main herb that, interestingly, we use, and again, is very well documented. Uh, Listeners have heard me refer constantly on this program to what I refer to as the Bible of modern herbal medicine, and that was the uh, 1983 edition of the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, which was a document put together by British doctors, uh, British herbalists, uh, British pharmacists, and British pharmacologists. Now, in that text the herb sarsaparilla, uh, comes up very, very favorably as a remedy that progressively addresses psoriasis. And I have one patient presently who's doing very, very well on this, albeit when he did present, his condition was not perhaps in the advanced state that yours has been. Uh, I can't interfere with the, obviously with the treatment your dermatologist may be offering you, but uh, sarsaparilla would be one of those herbs, which I think uh, is most unlikely, most unlikely uh, to clash with anything you're taking, and it might be worthwhile running past your medical managers, showing them the literature. If you contact my rooms at New Lambton, we can email you the uh, monograph on the herb and the documentation to support my suggestion that if you're not taking anything else, if you're not taking anything else, Uh, Sarsaparilla may be the the thing to consider
0: We are taking your calls As well as talking about the immune system Which basically underlines everything Dennis, doesn't it? It
1: does indeed A healthy immune system usually means That uh, we have a healthy chance Of addressing disease successfully And overcoming it
0: Well, Ken has rung in from Wanji Multiple myeloma He's Mm. asking if you can think of Any Mm. natural remedies Mm. to help That's right, Ken, is it?
1: Yeah, that's it. Ken, what, what treatment are you presently having? Um, I'm not quite at the uh, the 15 stage of treatment, so I'm just basically watch what I eat, diet and exercise and yeah. look after myself. You know, and I'm, I'm sort of 8, 15 the level that they start the treatment at. Yeah. Ken, look, it would be inappropriate for me on a program like this to say try this or try that. Um What I would suggest, and I say this seriously, is if you uh wanted to just pop into my rooms at any time, I could show you some of the things that might be useful to run past your medical managers. but I would not like to discuss this condition, which is a serious condition, a medical condition uh from the from the point of view that it might tend to simplify it and give people the uh, opinion that it can be uh, treated simply or simplistically, pop into the rooms. Uh, Okay. It'll cost you nothing. I'll spend some time with you and uh, show you a few things that you perhaps uh, could think about and discuss with your medical managers. Sounds very good. Well,
0: thank you for your call, Ken, and I hope you come up together with a sensible um, solution. Now we were talking, and we are talking about the immune system, <laughs> we are Dennis. Indeed. We are indeed. Ways maybe that, um, uh, yeah, that we can reinforce um, it. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I thought a lot well, about this help.
1: because we could uh, we could uh, talk for hours about it, as I'm going to talk for hours about it in two months' time in my postgraduate lectures. But there are three things that I thought need to be mentioned: that the immune system is very dependent for its efficiency and its effectiveness and its vibrancy on a a lifestyle that um, is a lifestyle that's not constantly challenging the immune system. And by this I mean that, in my opinion, uh, certain factors dominant in our society arguably can depress or suppress the immune system, for instance. The the amount of alcohol that an individual imbibes, in my opinion, can significantly affect one's immune response to various diseases.
0: So Uh, a little bit is...
1: Well, I'm a great believer. In a little (laughs) little bit. bit. (laughs) Remember, Jane, I live in the Hunter Valley, uh, but listeners would appreciate that there's a difference between uh, two glasses, as the literature talks about, uh, of of a good quality wine... um, and, if you like, a couple of bottles, and there are big drinkers out there. And unfortunately, what I've observed in in recent times, and I don't know why, I've had a number of patients only in the last month or so that have presented with liver function tests where their markers were so elevated that it was distressing, and those markers were elevated because these patients quite openly said that they were drinking far too much. And when they were drinking far too much, I mean far too much. So if we're wanting a competent immune system, one that's capable of doing battle with various uh, pathologies, alcohol content, drinking needs to be looked at very seriously, as does the ongoing uh, smoking phenomenon. I know there's been a big uh, drive to get people to realise the hideous effect that smoking has on the body. It has a hideous effect at all levels, but immunologically it also has a suppressive effect. And also we need to uh, take on board things like, for instance, uh, obesity. The way in which our society now has become, if you like, uh, an obese society. Obesity is one of the dilemmas of the Western way of life. But obesity also can be problematical inasmuch that it can trigger late-onset diabetes heart disease, and also stress the body's immune system in its ability to fight effectively against disease. So a sensible lifestyle needs to be the foundation. The second thing that I looked at was dietary factors. A good immune system, a good immune system, again, in my opinion, requires a regard for good food, and by that I mean food that is as natural as one can get it and use it, Food that is preferably home-cooked or home-prepared. I'm a good good exponent of this because I believe that uh, food is our best medicine and I believe that food prepared in the home, uh, food prepared lovingly in the kitchen, uh, food that is not just fast food. This food is the basis of building good health. What I am impressed with, I've noticed in the last couple of years, uh, are the number of people that are boasting about their retreat to the garden, that they retreat to growing their own tucker. And it might be only a little bit, but there is a growing regard for food cooked at home, good family food, food not laced with preservatives or anything else. That's the most important thing. A diet rich in natural foods, plenty of fruits and vegetables. For goodness sake, get our kids eating vegetables again, Get our kids eating fruits again. These were mandatory when I was growing up in this town. But these days, kids dictate what they want to eat. And this, of course, leads to a lot of problems later on due to poor diet. Looking at one's diet, fruit, vegetables, and good quality protein. Good quality protein. This is something also for elderly people. You need protein more and more as we get older because that's the repair substance of the body. We need to take more emphasis on protein and less on refined carbohydrates.
0: Mm, now, that's great. So lifestyle changes. Very uh, much so. Marion has rung in with a question from Maryland. Uh, Dennis and Marion, uh, your question's about cold sores, yes? Oh, yes, thank you. Hello to you both. Hello, Marion. Um, I've had cold sores on and off for decades, years. Yes. And I i started, to, well, I take on and off lysine. Yes, yes. It's a black moss. Yes, yes. And it's got a combination, I think, of zinc yes. and something it's, else. it's a very
1: that. good product, very oh, good product.
0: Should, that's been very bad the last number okay. of weeks.
1: Okay, but I can help you with this, yes. and I don't boast about this, yes. but I can help you with this because I would have seen in my uh, many, many years of practice some of the worst cases of... Uh, herpes simplex that anyone would have yes, seen that's what it is okay. yes. look you you're doing you've started off the right way by using lysine, but you need yes. to you really need to realize that there is if you like a maintenance dose and then a, a management dose if yes. if your uh, herpes is active you re- yes. in, in my opinion you need to be working around about six thousand milligrams of lysine a day if, right. if they're active if you're not up in that higher level in my opinion. Uh, you're missing out on the potential of that good substance however however the the herb known as astragalus right astragalus, astragalus. the herb known as astragalus right has changed my uh, approach and success with herpes over very many years and i was one of the first uh, to actually uh, exploit the potential of this asian immunostimulant uh, remedy yes. um, which is profound in its effect in dealing with this particular virus. So preparation, oh. preparations of astragalus, yes. right, and there are various formulations, um, yes. and some of them are known as astragalus 8, some of them are known as astrofort Astragalus is the leading, the leading remedy, right, let me emphasize this, the leading remedy um, in addressing uh, what could be referred to as recurring viral yes. infections, particularly yep. of this nature. If you uh, append to your management, if you append to it an Astragalus preparation, Astrophort, Astragalus aid, Astragalus by its various names, uh, in my opinion, you will lift your game dramatically, dramatically. Uh-huh. And, our, and, and, and then finally, finally... Yep. Finally, what you can actually do, you can get from your health food store or pharmacy a topical preparation that is a cream um, or a, a, some other form of topical application based on the herb lemon balm. Lemon now, balm. Now, lemon, oh. lemon balm is known as Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A. M-E-L-S-S-A, And Now, you might be interested to know that it's named... Uh, Melissa, because if you ever plant lemon balm in your yard, you will have so many bees attracted to your home that you will, you will think you have a beehive in your backyard. Oh, right. <laughs> so I always encourage, being a beekeeper, I always oh, okay. encourage the planting of, of these sorts of herbs around the house and lemon balm or Melissa is a great food for the bees. Interestingly, beekeepers, if you smear the inside of, of a bee box that uh, generally speaking tends to resist swarming. But that's aside. Get hold of a, a cream or an ointment uh, based on Melissa officinalis or lemon balm. That is very, very frequently also a useful topical agent in helping to clear the lesions. And
0: I can get both of those at my local chemist, can in I? Your
1: local, where do you live? Maryland. Your, your good chemist there, I'm sure, would be able to help you out. Most of our chemists in Newcastle now um, are stocking good uh, products uh, and know a lot about natural medication. Uh, Go and have a yarn with them. Uh, I will. By the way, many of our health food store proprietors are excellent also in facilitating these products. I don't
0: think we've got one around here, so I just Maryland. wasn't
1: sure. Well, Maryland's way out in the wilderness, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I, can, I can tell you something, Marion. When I was a child growing up in this town, I used to ride my push bike from Brisbane Water Road to Adamstown out, yes. out way out to, to, to Minmo, and we used yes. to go past that place, and we used to trap birds there. It's not, oh. not politically correct to do that now, but it was such a wilderness that, that we used to go, take our chest. You wouldn't traps. know it now, oh, it. I do. <laughs> I've driven past there would cried. Oh, yes. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, <guys> no. <laughs> changed. That's changed. That's lovely. Thank you. Okay, so
0: I'll right. take, take the <laughs> mycern in double dose each day well, and I'll go to the chemist okay, have and a
1: yarn with your chemist. Have a yarn Astra with your chemist. Alarcus
0: and the lemon yeah. balm cream. Yeah, oh, right. that's wonderful. Thank okay. you very much for your right help. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Many thanks yeah. for your call, Marion. And uh, old Ken from Bulla rang in with a thought that apparently, or a report, that state high schools, we were speaking about mm-hmm. smoke that they don't suspend students anymore for smoking, they just give them a warning. I don't know whether just is the right word. I wonder what they do for repeat offenders. I <laughs> just, if if they're suspended, they might smoke more because they've got nothing yeah. to do. Well, look,
1: it is a worry because I, I know we've spent a lot of money on this, but I still see a lot of kids, a lot of kids, uh, dragging on these cigarettes and the cost of it is horrendous. Where are they getting the money?
0: Well, that's right, yes. It's not as though it's a cheap uh, occupation. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't, believe you me. Yeah. Um, it's hard for people to realise sometimes that um, uh, that something you're doing now can actually have such a big effect a little bit oh, down the track.
1: Very, very, very much so. I, I had a dear friend of mine, Jane, who uh, passed away only a number of months ago, a very dear friend of mine, um, who um, died... Of cancer of the lung, and she had given up smoking, oh, about ten years ago, but her medical managers, her oncologists, her specialists, all uh, stated basically that the the lung cancer was a uh, follow on from her history of smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's we've fine, got to learn it? from that. We've um, got to learn. How do you learn?
0: How indeed. Well, let's, um, we've got about 10 seconds left, Dennis, so the immune system, we've oh, talked well, a bit about how we, to we, help
1: it. We, we have indeed. It would be wrong for me not to mention that, in my opinion, there are some dramatic immunosupportive herbs. Listeners would expect me to say that. We've mentioned many of them on the program before. I've done some recent reading uh, uh, on herbal antivirals by the American writer Stephen Booner, who has enthralled me with his exposition on the potential of ginger. We've mentioned it before, but it is considered to have properties way beyond what we've spoken about. Astragalus, Echinacea, Ginger, three herbs to be brought into our lifestyle, our daily routine of supplements, with immunological benefits.
0: And we look forward to some more discussion on the immune we system. Will we on will Health naturally with Dennis Stewart on 2NURFM.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.